Okay, fellas, um, help me out with this, because I, I must have been out of the loop. They fly now? What what flies now? They do, I guess. I t you gotta be more specific on they. He's talking about sand. <laughs> we I hate sand. It's coarse. And gets everywhere. That's a that's a trailer we were supposed to watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We were supposed to watch. I, I played the Halo trilogy. Yeah, you gotta get in there as John Halo and, and stop the, 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 the big onion ring from exploding. Yeah, and then I Look, played I the played Star the... Wars uh, uh, Rebel Rebel whatever they are games on the GameCube. I think that's where the lore ends. I think it is. I mean, the only thing that I I guess was out of the loop on was that they fly now. Because apparently that's a big deal. I, I, I don't know. People make it out like that, but... Yeah, apparently sh you know spaceships fly, but Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, anywho little uh deep cut to the sequel trilogy more specifically a line from rise of skywalker i think my mm -hmm. second least favorite star wars movie <laughs> to be completely honest but second more on that favorite. later you're spoiling the review you're spoiling it no i know i know i know wait wait second least favorite you said second least favorite Oh, yeah, second least favorite. I'll get into what my absolute least favorite is, but, you know, more on that later once we actually get to that point. Because, you know, our favorites and least favorites we could possibly talk about at the end. But for now, uh, for those who are just tuning in, my name's Ian. Who else here is with me? Hi, I'm Sam, and insert random Star Wars trivia and or reference here. And I am Harrison, rebel leader soon to overthrow Sith Lord Ian. I never said I was a Sith Lord, dude. I did. <laughs> you're you're getting some 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 future visions with the Force. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I have a feeling that you're gonna like steal me away from my parents on Tatooine or something like that. Because it always has to be Tatooine. That's where everyone Force sensitive <laughs> is born. It always has to be Tatooine. You should know this as a Sith Lord. That's where everyone Force sensitive is born. Plus, you know, your parents don't matter. They're, you know, they're not important. It's the sand gets the mitochondrions right. up. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. my, my parents don't matter. I, I'm a nobody, but they're also Palpatines. You know, just nobodies. Yeah, <laughs> anytime, though, I hear they're also Palpatines, I just imagine both parents being Palpatine, <laughs> and it makes this really confusing thought <laughs> and, in my head. And one of them is just uh, uh, Emperor Palpatine in drag. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, oh! Let's not. Well, no, no, just, just, just Palpatines. You know, there's just two of them. It's the collective Emperor Palpatine dads. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get you. Ah, oh, all right. Well, given that Star Wars currently is very much so on the brain, we got to talk some Star Wars. I mean, it was only inevitable that we had an entire episode dedicated to that, and as such, we figured. Well, which trilogy should we talk about, given that Star Wars has predominantly been about the movies, despite all the other media outlets and other mediums that they've branched out through, whether it be books, video games, other things and whatnot. It always has been about the movies. The movies is what brought people into the franchise, and as such, we're going to be talking about the movies. The question was, which set of movies? Because... Um, as of 2022, there are three trilogies 
You have the original trilogy that started it all back in the 70s, early 80s. Uh, you have the prequel trilogy that started in 1999 and went through until 2005, 2005. And uh, just... Recently, a few years ago, the latest trilogy wrapped up, which was the sequel trilogy, episodes 7 through 9, done by uh, the now Disney-owned Lucasfilm, uh, without George Lucas, uh, for better or potentially more so for worse, <laughs> in, in certain regards that we'll touch upon. But uh, yeah, the sequel trilogy is what we are discussing today. A very divisive trilogy. If it wasn't obvious enough, a lot of people had varying different things to say about the sequel trilogy. And a lot of it seems to have stuck around to this day uh, after it has wrapped up. And a lot of it, we want to figure out what was, you know, warranted, what was perhaps overblown, and overall just what we actually think of the sequel trilogy years later and whether or not we consider it like true Star Wars or even just good Star Wars. Because I don't know, people have varying different ideas of what counts as quote-unquote real Star Wars. And I know obviously that might come up in discussion, but to me, look man, as long as you have laser swords and the occasional TIE fighter shooting at something, or not even just a TIE fighter, just something, fun space battles and stuff like that, and you're not going too hog-wild with, you know, completely changing things about, you know, what was already previously established, and it's essentially within line of what has become expected of Star Wars, I'm not going to be all that miffed and stuff. I just want to see some uh, some new stuff. And to be fair, the sequel trilogy kind of does that, but it also has been plagued with that uh, trend that a lot of late sequels or um, mishandled reboots do, which is uh, the Remember Berries. Uh, nostalgia. Which, I mean, to be fair, I don't know how you can go without that in a Star Wars sequel set of movies. You know, there's going to be some semblance of that somehow. We'll get to the bottom of that. So, we are going to start with that. Amongst us... What did we think in terms of general thoughts about the Star Wars sequel trilogy roughly two and a half to three years after it has concluded? Hmm. My, Go ahead, Harrison. I got to think about this for a little bit. Oh, okay. My thoughts are very simple on this, right? I kind of liked the first one. And then it all hits the fan. Because the reason why I like the reason why I like the first one is because my favorite character in it is Poe. Really, Poe? Interesting. Okay. You must not like the Last Jedi. Then. Yeah. Um. But like, I did. I did not like the Last Jedi at all because I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Uh, no, not Poe. I'm backwards. I like Poe, yes, but favorite character is Finn. That tends to be the popular pick for favorite newer characters that it, it is came out. Finn followed by Poe. The okay. only other characters I like 
that our newer characters are not in this trilogy because they're in Rogue One, and uh, they they killed them all. Um, so <laughs> cannons a bitch. Yeah, I mean to to be fair, uh, most people saw that coming. With Kyle. yeah, I saw it coming um, too. That's why I liked Rogue One. Yeah. Um, no, but first movie I'd say does a good job setting the tone, and then. It kind of just forgets what it's doing. It's weird. It's like watching episode four and then immediately watching The Phantom Menace. Oh. Jarring. Oh. That's how it feels <laughs> to go from episode seven to eight because you go from having this traumatized ex stormtrooper making up a close male friendship and fighting against his past to he's the comedic punchline this woman who was with him before is now the main character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah if i had to describe what i think about the trilogy it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of halfways you know what i mean uh-huh. like that they in the first one the force awakens it's it's good don't get me wrong i, I do like it and i'll go more into it uh when we actually start talking about it but it's it's follows the same formula as well the original movie there's a big Death Scar scary thing, and it's bad, and we gotta destroy it. With some differences, obviously. And then Last Jedi tried to do something different. And they only got halfway in doing something different. And it's not really good in how it tried to be different. And then when it comes to the last of the trilogy, the Rise of Skywalkers, they went halfway again and tried to like, oh crap, well, Last Jedi didn't work out. Well, we should, you know, try to be like the originals again. And it's this wibby wobbling that I really don't like. It's kind of un- necessarily unsettling, but it's it's jarring. Like like Harrison said, it's like going from oh, the originally to um, uh, Phantom Menace. And is it awful, the worst thing ever? No, hell no, hell no. I'm not even going to say it's mediocre. There's a lot of good in this, but what I also feel mm-hmm. because it's going halfway and not you know not being consistent. It's a lot of wasted potential, especially with Finn and Poe, as Harrison was saying. So that's my general thoughts. Yeah. I, yeah. I, okay, so we're at the same consensus then. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah, at least between you two. I, I, I will have to agree, the sequel trilogy is a very mixed bag, and uh, I, I can totally see how people either really like them or really hate them, because the thing about them is that much like you were saying, Sam, it very much is a lot of just half ways on certain things. For everything that it does interestingly or different from anything else that we've seen in Star Wars, it also just mishandles a lot of character arcs, a lot of like contradictions of the themes that it's setting up, especially in The Last Jedi. Um, but where I would like to just say one thing is, I, I think I'm going to be the one that probably likes The Last Jedi the most. Um, that was something that I, I kind of said not too long after it kind of came out in theaters way back when. Um, and I will say that my thoughts have kind of changed on it over the years since I last saw it. I almost have to like put an asterisk at the end of when I say, yeah, I like The Last Jedi. Uh, because while yes, I like The Last Jedi... I've come to realize, especially after watching this in the context of the full trilogy, 
I really only like it in a vacuum. Meaning, I like it just as a, a, a standalone Star Wars movie, you know. I think it's solid in many respects as its own movie, and I have a feeling with how the differences in terms of how critics respond to the, uh, to the movie versus how the fans responded to the movies is because I think a lot of the critics were looking at it just as a movie and not the full picture. Because in the full picture, it is one of the most confusing middle chapters of a multi-part story I have ever seen. It is strange. And in many ways, yeah, it, it, it is not handled well. Um, there are a lot of things in there that I wish they just took out or condensed and replaced with something way more interesting. I don't want to spend too much time going on like, oh, well, they should have done this or this and, and that. This is how I would have done it because, you know, I, I'm, I'm mainly just wanting to focus on what the movie does itself. But I have a couple of examples that I'd be happy to share in terms of what I think some of the movies could have done differently to condense certain plot bits or actually stay relevant to the themes that it was setting up. Um, and then The Rise of Skywalker, uh, like I was saying, uh, it is my second least favorite Star Wars movie. It is only just barely above uh, Attack of the Clones for me. Uh, I can't stand Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie, and Rise of Skywalker is only just above it for me. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, much like Attack of the Clones, it, it just does nothing for me. Uh, th th there's, there's a few things that, yeah, I will go over that I'm like, you know, I at least liked that. But, I mean, there's also a few things in Attack of the Clones that I'll at least say, eh, that was cool, I guess. I have no emotional involvement, and I have no investment in the things that happen in The Rise of Skywalker. Because... Much like how the production team probably felt about working on the movie, um, I just want it to be over with. That's how I am with it. I, I don't care for Rise of Skywalker, and I hope that of all the movies that I watch and rewatch uh, with with the Star Wars saga, that I continuously just avoid watching Rise of Skywalker. I, I just don't enjoy it. I remember making a lot of Joss Whedon cut Justice League uh, comparisons to Rise of Skywalker, which I'll of course going to detail on once we get there, but we're going to go film by film, really tear these apart and look at the innards to see what was going on and also kind of flesh out some of our thoughts. Um, starting with 2015's The Force Awakens. There was a lot of anticipation for this, obviously. Um, I remember seeing the trailers and actually thinking to myself, are these real? And uh, I'm not going to lie. There was a certain kind of joy within me when, when I came to find out, oh no, this, this is real. This is an actual trailer. It, it's a real thing that's going to be coming to theaters. And I got excited. And uh, I was still very excited when we went to go and see the movie on the biggest possible screen. Probably could have done a couple rows back, but I mean, hey, it, it was a lot of fun. And like I was saying, I saw this multiple times in theaters. But with it, you know, not exactly hiding the fact that it's a retread of A New Hope, um, it does make me wonder how much of it actually holds up, which we're going to figure out. Um, so The Force Awakens takes place about 30 years after the original trilogy. Um, and it has to deal with a new big bad force known as the First Order. 
which I often just say is uh, the Empire 2.0 because, I mean, they have very, very clear indications that they have similar aesthetics to their armor design, their ship designs, their uh, fighter designs. I, I, I mean, they are very clearly homaging the Empire to the point where they might as well just have been the Empire. Or the Empire Reborn and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for the name change because it's been 30 years. And historically speaking, uh, fascist states go through a little rebranding after they collapse. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame the name change for him. Yeah, you know, you gotta, I get you. You got to do what you got to do, you, gotta do, you know? You, know you, can, you, can't, you can't sell anyone on the Empire after it fell apart. Right, and, and, and I mean, let me know if this sounds familiar, but the whole goal in The Force Awakens is that um, Poe gives a piece of a map that will hopefully lead the Resistance to where Luke Skywalker is at. You know, the legendary Luke Skywalker, well-known Jedi Knight that helped bring down the Emperor himself. Um, and he stores it in the little pocket of a uh, small droid that the First Order, a.k.a. not Empire, have to track down while also uh, getting to the bottom of this mysterious uh, scavenger girl from a uh, desert planet, while yeah. also assisting the Resistance in fighting off the First Order's attempts to conquer the galaxy, which is also threatening to blow up multiple planets that the Resistance is tied to. I mean, if you just look at it that way, it's just a gender-bent episode four. I mean, yeah. Which, granted, I I, I mean, l let's let's be real. I, I know I was being a little, <laughs> you know, on the nose with that, but uh, something to keep in mind is the movie isn't trying to fool you into, you know, not realizing that it is a, tread, a retread of A New Hope, by all means. Like, it, it is fully aware of what it's doing and... Um, I'm not entirely sure how much of a criticism I can make it about, oh yeah, The Force Awakens is just a retread of A New Hope, because what I found with revisiting this movie was I wasn't distracted by that. If anything, I was distracted by all the kind of new stuff that this movie brought. And I think one of the, 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 the newer things that really did it for me was the inclusion of the character Finn. I liked Finn. And in this movie, I think Finn was handled really well, at least in terms of how his start in this new trilogy was. So I, I guess let's go over positives and negatives, starting with positives. Yes. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think are the, the strongest points of this movie? I think the strongest points have to do with the, um, the pacing, for one thing. I think it's beautifully paced. I never felt a scene held on uh, one part or the other too long. And in the multiple times that we're cutting back and forth to, say, Starkiller Base, to uh, the desert planet Jakku, back over to the Resistance Base or whatever, it never felt jarring. And what this movie does really well is having that just energetic feeling that doesn't get too spastic. In a very similar manner that the um, original A New Hope had. And I think that's the big thing. It really does not only harken back to the roots of, you know, the original trilogy, but I think it really just goes back to that whole era of filmmaking around that time. You know? 
for one thing, th this movie is very practical for the most part, with the exception of, like, ships and stuff like that. The ships and fighters, like X-Wings and TIE Fighters and whatnot, they're CG, obviously, but there's a surprising amount of practical effects in this, and... I, I guess just texture that, you know, if you're coming from the prequels especially, uh, those were lacking because so much of it was so digital and so artificial that it didn't give you the feeling that this was a very lived-in world like the originals did. Um, and I mean, for another thing, they really went the whole nine yards in, like, making this film feel special because uh, apparently J.J. Abrams, the director, he specifically said we should shoot this on film but also use the exact same brand of film stock that the originals did. Obviously, it's more updated compared to the film stock that was used back in the 70s, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, they really wanted to capture what came before. And, sure, some of that people can say is nostalgia bait and whatnot, but I think that's its biggest strength, as well as bringing some new stuff that actually seemed interesting and at times distracted from the fact that oh yeah this is just the plot of a new hope i mean i, I would have to agree with you and uh, i mean there's a, obviously there's a lot of pressure going on in this movie it's the first star wars movie and god knows how long it's the last one so that i mean i mean there's a lot of pressure but there's a lot of passion going into it you know i mean no one wants to fuck up no one wants to fuck up a star wars movie nobody you know well maybe some people but nobody and it really shows in everything i mean they they paid a lot of attention to detail, to everything you know. When you see any of the old stuff, of course it's going to be spot on, you know. And they're going to go out of their way to do a lot of things to make it feel like, oh hey, this is a motherfucking Star Wars movie. And so and this can be a positive with every single one of them. Special effects, amazing. <laughs> you know, cinematography, all that stuff, all that stuff's going to be spot on. I mean, it's already an established world, and it acts like it. You know what I mean? So it feels real on the screen it feels mostly consistent and in terms of just atmosphere setting and st story beats you know it it breathes and moves and acts like a star wars movie and that is the, the greatest strength at least of the first one and mostly to this other two as well but with some de deviations as we continue and i i do like how it does go in different angles how you know finn is an ex-stormtrooper it's an interesting idea they bring up in the first one that I really, really liked because it's a different perspective, you know? So I was hoping, and I, I really dug how they did that. So that's, overall general, like I said, it's the atmosphere, it's the feeling, it's the sound, it's the, you know, they really tried to capture Star Wars, and guess what? They did it. They did it really fucking well, and they did it really fucking mm -hmm. pretty. <laughs> oh, that's the thing, uh... I know some people will say The Last Jedi looks the best, but uh, purely not just from cinematography, but also just, I guess, general just, like, color palette. I really like how this movie looks, you mm -hmm. know? I think uh, this is the perfect companion piece when, when, like, going straight from the originals to the sequel trilogy, if you want to go in timeline order, because The Force Awakens really looks good. I like a lot of the cinematography and some of my favorite shots from the sequel trilogy come from this movie. There's quite a few from The Last Jedi, too. It's just I like the color palette a little more. 
in uh, in this movie. Very vibrant, very like I don't know, textured and stuff like that. I I, I like how they handled it. Mm-hmm. Harrison, you're positive. Getcha, getcha. Um, positives. I would say this movie does some of the best characterization for certain characters. Like. Finn and Poe have what feels like an actual friendship, mm-hmm. which is something that's really, really hard to capture in a movie. Oh, especially in such short time, too. I didn't realize until re-watching this, like, how quickly they just became chums like that. But somehow it works. It feels natural. I think it's just the actors genuinely <clears throat> get, a- get along. It's just a great casting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the start of something good. Yes, yes, and and I think that's the biggest thing. I the, the Force Awakens to me, plenty of people can just keep hanging the whole fact that oh, it's just you know the plot of a New Hope. You know, you, you did did you know it was still the plot of a New Hope? Well, yes, the movie's not trying to fool you into thinking that it's not. It very clearly is. And let's be fair, there have been plenty of other movies. Whether that be Ghostbusters or or RoboCop or any other just really bad reboot or remake that came out in the last couple of years that do the exact same shit. They just repeat plot beats from the older movies, the better movies. I'm not going to lie. This one is one of the better ones that handle that. All right, Ian, you ready for a hot take of all hot takes? Hit us. that? Personally, all right? I mm-hmm. enjoy watching Force Awakens more than I enjoy rewatching A New Hope. Hmm. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Now I have to hear the rest of this. Now why is that? Because A New Hope the I don't I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. I don't really like the characters in full honesty. Really? I grew up watching Star Wars. My uncle loves Star Wars, but I don't feel like they're people they're just plot vehicles hmm hmm like were you not able to connect with them as much i guess that's the best way to put it is it's just there's a sort of otherness to the first star wars movie it just feels off like, it's hmm. just missing, like, a human element to it in a lot of the scenes where there's just these long instrumental pauses and silences and characters just staring off, pondering the world around them like you would if you're watching an art film. And I get why it's like that. It's It was, you know, a fluke that it became the series it became. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. A New Hope kind of was a bit of a disaster, and it's amazing that it came out the way it did. Yeah. Like, I think, it honestly, a lot of people just look at A New Hope through really tinted glasses of just nostalgia. And honestly, if they kept everything going, almost the, you know, for Force Awakens, if the other two movies called back to the other ones or went a different direction and kept a coherent plot, it honestly could have done better than the original trilogy that's what's so disappointing to me you know i guess this kind of criticism comes more from like hindsight but yeah there there is a certain amount of like disappointment 
even when looking at The Force Awakens, because despite the whole retreading, The Force Awakens was a promising start. It was. You know? Like, there were parts I didn't like, I'm going to be fully honest, but those parts were callbacks to the original movies, and they were still the parts of the original movies I didn't like. Like, how they handled Captain Phasma, it's the same exact way they handled Boba Fett. Same setup, same punchline for the joke. Aside yeah. from, like, a very quickly paced little fisticuffs bout with Finn in The Last Jedi. Yeah. I mean, if you... It was had the easiest possible fix. All you had to do is just switch that one dude with the shock baton to Captain Phasma mm-hmm. with the shock baton. That would have honestly just fixed that entire part of the movie. <laughs> like, he comes back with, like, a bunch of cybernetic attachments. Yeah, I mean, I just remember the memes around that. You know, traitor. Traitor! traitor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was... The, God, yeah, he was the biggest meme factor. Dude, that guy put his heart into that role. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting, because you know how sometimes people will uh, criticize the expanded universe of, like, Star Wars books as, like, a crutch to try and... Uh, explain away or fix plot holes in, um, like, say, the prequels especially? Yes. Well, apparently there were quite a few examples of that in The Force Awakens alone that were just kind of funny to me. Like, for example, this was only found in, like, some kind of, like, oh, Guide to the Force Awakens in, like, an art book or something, but uh, apparently um, the, the guy that says traitor was a platoon buddy of finn when he was still a stormtrooper yeah <laughs> shit so i okay <laughs> cool i guess that would have been interesting to actually go into Neat. um th- there was this really weird shot where uh when kylo ren oh and that's a character i want to talk about uh when kylo ren was uh taking off his helmet for the first time and revealing himself to uh ray he plops his helmet in, like, this this bowl or something with, like, this weird powdery stuff. Apparently, the, in that same guide, it says that the stuff in that bowl is the ashes of his enemy. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I, I like, like that touch. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm just sitting there. I'm going, like, uh, okay. Right. I mean... Guess that's just a further way of saying he's evil, but <laughs> Ian, I have found something interesting because I was looking into this traitor thing. All right. Uh huh. The stunt, the actor playing the stormtrooper is not the one who voices it. Really? Oh. Because the act, the physical actor doing all the baton stunts is uh, Liang Yang, who is a actor who does a lot. Of, he's a stunt actor. He does the stunts uh-huh. for Star Wars. He's been in like Rogue One as well, Skyfall. Mm-hmm. But the voice is one of the sound editors and voice actors for, across all the Star Wars movies, David Accord. Hmm. Oh! <laughs> oh, that's funny. I mean, it's almost kind of like how uh, one of the main sound engineers uh for a a good chunk of like the prequels especially was the voice actor of general grievous matthew yeah no shit yeah that's kind of funny yeah apparently uh matthew wood was a prodigy sound engineer that was like learning under the uh the guy who did all of the original sound design for the original trilogy 
and basically created the sound space that is Star Wars. And uh, yeah, he, he just voices General Grievous in everything. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny like that. Um, but, I mean, speaking of Kylo Ren, because that does kind of make me want to segue into that, um, he is easily one of the other best parts about this whole trilogy. Yeah. Like, even in the worst parts of the, uh, uh, the trilogy, including Rise of Skywalker, I really dug him in a lot of the story. I just am happy that at least he was handled, for the most part, in, I want to say, 85 to 90% of the trilogy, really well. I like the character of Kylo Ren, and I think he's a interesting look into how certain aspects of him I actually think Anakin could have taken some notes from in terms of characterization, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not bratty. He's just very frustrated and conflicted, and he just has a lot of bottled-up emotion because he just doesn't know what direction he wants to go in the Force because he feels awful for, for one thing. Spoiler alert, everybody, if you haven't seen The Force Awakens, killing his own father, Han Solo... But he tries to hide that and say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I actually feel more powerful from that. Because that's the most dark side thing anyone could possibly say in a situation like that. And we haven't necessarily seen a direction for that. We've seen little inklings of it, especially with the whole father-son thing with Luke and Darth Vader. But this just feels different enough to where... Um, I wasn't just screaming, oh, that's just a rehash. No, it, it feels like someone actually took some time to be like well what if somebody on the dark side was in this kind of situation you know and i feel like there were many times in the force awakens where when people were trying to write it they asked questions like that and they really took that concept and developed it and why i i think yeah overall i would say the force awakens is a solid movie and i'm glad that it came out the way it did but then it got worse. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's the thing about The Force Awakens, though. Because I was saying, yeah, you know, it's entertaining, and I like a lot of new stuff, but it is still kind of uh, being a bit of a retread, you know? And I'm not entirely cut up about that, but I do want the next movie, and really next set of movies, to do something new. You know, I I, I, I want to be surprised. And... Dear God, I was surprised. <laughs> I think we all were. Oh, God. Uh, this is, of course, The Last Jedi, everybody. So, so before we get into the negatives, I think we could just summarize the, the base, basest, most positive thing about The Force Awakens is that it was not a bad start. It was a decent no, start. No, it was not. It was actually quite the, the good start, a very promising yeah. start. Um, but it's not perfect. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. It, it, and and while there are many interesting new things that come from that, it's mainly in the characterization department. A lot of people were saying, well, for the next stuff, we want to see more story stuff that we haven't seen before, more thematic stuff that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, obviously take some had. cues from what came before, but take it in a direction that we haven't seen before. And yeah, we got that. Yeah, we we um we got that. <laughs> Ian, I'm gonna be fully honest. This movie uh-huh. did 
This movie caught me off guard for two things. One, we got the oh no, he's hot shirtless Kylo scene. Mm. And uh-huh. two, <laughs> two, we got old man Luke drinking gamer sups. Mm. Just <laughs> sipping the blue milk. G fuel straight uh. from the tap. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, quick positives. Again, beautiful. It's really good looking. It's excellent to see Mark Hamill again. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see Leia, yada, yada, yada. It's just cool to see all the old characters. And it did try to be different. I'll give it that. I will, I will give it that. I will respect it for being different. But that's, for me, I mean, that's really where the positives end for this movie. <laughs> That's, yeah, I feel that. That's, it's like a beautiful train wreck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it starts on such a scene that I'm wondering how they're even going to top it. Because it starts, and then he just yeets it off the cliff, and I'm like, oh, no. It's one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... Not gonna lie, when I was in the theater and I got to the scene where, you know, Lucas handed his lightsaber, um, and, you know, you're in, an, you're in anticipation of, like, oh, how does he react, how does he do that, and he chucks the lightsaber over his, uh, shoulder, I, I wouldn't say I was insulted, no, I was just sitting there going, oh, oh, we're in for a ride, okay, oh, oh, no. oh here we go, oh, oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh boy! <laughs> so straight to negatives, man. It, it, it's almost like, even though I wasn't specifically thinking this, I had a feeling there wasn't going to be a whole lot of good coming from people's uh, thoughts on that, and uh, I, I must have sensed something in the force because um, I felt like an insane person when I was reading that um, the Last Jedi, quote unquote, ruined Star Wars. Look, which actually, how about we answer this question? Do we actually think the Last Jedi, for as absurd as it sounds, quote unquote, ruined Star Wars? No, and I I think the biggest okay. reason I say that is because I don't think a single movie in an established franchise can quote unquote ruin the franchise. You may say it is fucked up the path it's going on, sure, but if the previous ones are uh-huh. good, it's not like it's going to take away from the previous ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. I mean, I would get you saying if a movie ruined a series, if it was jumping from book to film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Aragon. Um, uh, that's true. <laughs> but I don't think it ruined Star Wars. I think it just shot the whole sequel trilogy in the foot. Yeah. And yeah. then did it again. And again, and again. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's just the, the the big thing that we should stress is that this is, of course, the middle chapter. And one thing that the Empire Strikes Back did was that it, of course, did bring people in a story direction that nobody expected. But at the same time, though, it was still, while surprising, a continuation of some of the things that were set up in the first movie you know luke wants to further his training as a jedi he does that but he also ends up fighting vader and finding out that he's his father 
and that he's tied to one of the most evil people in the whole galaxy and you know with how he's been having this this sort of pull towards you know giving into his inner emotions like anger and fear and hatred and stuff like that it's because he has the same blood as vader the last jedi is very confusing because a lot of the stuff that was established in the beginning of the force awakens and up until the very end of the runtime this one only takes like a few little cherry pickings of character beats or plot threads that weren't finished in the force awakens and really the only one i can think of that it actually continues is the whole stuff with kylo and ray if anything that's the only thing that not only really makes it through untampered with but is also the most developed and i would say that everything involving not only Kylo Ren and Rey, but Luke as well, is some of the better stuff that happens in this movie. I mean, especially with Finn. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Where, where, where in particular are we finding, like, all the problems and stuff like that? I know there's a lot to pick from, but, you know, let's at least start somewhere. So, if I had to pick a specific place to start, I think... What this movie tried doing, and is the ultimate kind of downfall of it, is it tried subverting the expectations of the audience, but the problem is, they I guess you could say they either did it in a wrong way, or subverted to the point of, and I hate using this word because it's a bit too extreme, like betraying the audience expectation a bit too much. You know, it's uh-huh. like, oh, you think Luke's going to, you know, based on what we've seen from Luke, you know, after the three movies we watched with them, you think, you know, he would take the lightsaber or maybe say quip or something like that. He just tosses it. Okay, you've subverted my expectations. But my expectations were that it was going to be good and true to his character. You subverted the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? And I think mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the biggest problem in the movie. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll try to be different, but almost like in a spiteful way. Like Luke is a yeah, Luke is a broken spiteful. yeah Luke who would never give up hope Luke who would you know that we've seen throughout the trilogy yeah no he's spiteful he's old he's weak he's you know he's all these super negative things that kind of is a betrayal to what we've seen of him especially with him you know attempt to kill Ben Swallow <laughs> Ben Swallow that fucking giant beefcake of a a, a loaf of bread. My God, those shoulders! But, I mean, that's the my, that, that, that's the single most annoying thing to me about it is like you know Luke Skywalker, the guy who said no, I can't give up on Darth Vader, is the same one that says oh, I guess I can kill my you know best friend's son, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I mean, it's that's me personally. What do you guys think? Well, I will have to say one thing: I don't, and I, I think we we have actually had previous conversations about that particular aspect of the last jedi i don't think it was entirely handled well i think there are many different ways that they could have gone about that but i actually don't quite agree with what you're talking about in regards to luke and i think a lot of that comes from the fact that surprisingly people have varying different views of luke or at the very least they have a similar idea of luke but there's more intricacies to him than just oh he's an incorruptible hero that always believes in 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 
doing right by the galaxy and stuff like that and would never give up. To me, I have always seen Luke as someone where his emotions do him credit. He believes in his friends and he wants to protect them as well as everyone else in the galaxy. He wants to do right by them, but they are also one of his biggest weaknesses. And in Return of the Jedi, the movie that comes right before the sequel trilogy, that is on display. He nearly kills the man that he is claiming that he is trying to see, but he stops himself because he realizes if he goes in any further, he is going to succumb to the darkness and stuff like that. The thing about Return of the Jedi is there are very two different ways on how that could have turned out. And I think it really just comes down to the point that if Luke was not able to realize that within the time that he did, and also if the Emperor... <laughs> Frankly, if he didn't spell out what was going to happen, I don't think Luke would have uh, second-guessed himself, and potentially he could have possibly killed Vader. So, am I saying that Luke is not all good? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Luke is a good person that is flawed. And I think that's why, to me, I am not as outraged with the big thing that people have points of contention with, which is the fact that Luke at one point contemplated killing Kylo Ren. Which, granted, I feel like a lot of people leave out some very important context to that. Very important context. Luke was contemplating doing that because, unlike with Darth Vader, he was actually able to see a potential future. He saw a future where Kylo Ren was unleashing the darkness that was in him and killing Hundreds of people, thousands potentially, literally destroying everything, as, as Luke describes, destroying everything that he held close to him, that he loved, which by extension would likely be his friends. And in a moment of pure emotional response, very similar in Return of the Jedi, he contemplated killing Ben right there. But in the same moment, which granted could have possibly have been better if he just turned off his lightsaber and the whole thing would have been uh, avoided, but hey, semantics, I guess. He realized, no, that's, that's not right. And frankly, even though people say that, you know, he doesn't truly get redeemed, he, he doesn't truly bounce back or anything, he literally confronts Kylo Ren at the end of the movie and says, I was wrong for what I attempted to do and that I am sorry, you know. And granted, he's not there to seek full acceptance from Kylo Ren or anything like that. But he's at least making an attempt. In a very similar attempt that he did when trying to save his dad. Which was saying, I'm a Jedi like my father before me and I'm not going to turn to the dark side. Because that's exactly what the Emperor wants. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know if people are ever able to fully agree on the whole Luke Skywalker thing. I don't think it's ever possible <laughs> because people have such differing ideas of Luke, you know? Yeah. And even then, I don't even think that whole arc is handled all that well in the movie. Uh, I, <laughs> I've talked for a bit, but I mean, Harrison, what, what, what do you think? Why are all the force ghosts aggressively trying to bully people in this movie? It's so weird. <laughs> They're, like, trying to gaslight people. Okay, that was one thing that I was sitting there going, oh, wait, oh, 
What? Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yoda, Yoda appears, talks to Luke. Luke says no. Yoda blows up a tree, laughs, and vanishes. Yeah. Which, granted, I mean, he was kind of proving a point, but I'm sitting there going, oh, that's a bit of a stretch. No, 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 no. Okay. It gets into this whole thing. Luke then projects himself across the galaxy, dies after doing it, to just taunt Kylo Ren. Honestly mm -hmm. funny, if you have ever seen the Bully Maguire edit of that scene, it's a masterpiece. Oh, yes. oh it um, is. I've seen that one. I know exactly what you're talking about. If This just gets into a plot problem for me. Mm -hmm. Because Yoda clearly caused a lightning strike. Very clearly. Because he says yeah. he does it. Mm -hmm. um, he can just appear. If you have a character who can't be seen by anyone, but specific people who can just materialize and cause a giant lightning strike, mm -hmm. why is there an actual problem? You know, what I don't know. Issue I really don't know. Because I know be that solved. there was like a vague thing with, I, I guess, Force Ghosts that was established that they aren't allowed to interact in a material way in the real world, and they're only there to, like, pass down knowledge, but, I mean... But Yoda clearly doesn't it's care about that. It's kind of like that, that whole scene from a Return of the King, where they have a whole army of, like, ghosts attacking yeah. the Urukai. I I don't know, man. I, I think that could have maybe been a... <laughs> If that a, a better implementation if, of force ghosts. Okay, okay. If the last if, if ah words. If Rise of Skywalker just went full Lord of the Rings and was just Ray summoning the ghosts of dead Jedi to fight alongside her, I would not see that coming. But I would have loved it. Um. Oh, and I mean, I would too. But you know, obviously, we'll 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 talk more about that when we get to Rise of Skywalker, which is a little bit from now, but. But other, th other than the Force Ghost, though, Ian, this movie to me feels like fast food. You know, like the previous one, sure, it felt like uh -huh. I just went to a Wendy's and kind of just got what I normally get at Wendy's, just kind of liked it. This feels like when you go to a fast food restaurant, you're like, oh, I haven't been here in a while. I haven't, I haven't had McDonald's in like a month. Why don't I do McDonald's tonight? You get McDonald's, you sit down, you eat it, and you just go... I felt terrible. Why did I do this? I feel greasy now. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. in a month's time, you sit down. It's like, I remember kind of liking this. Let me try this again. That's The Last Jedi to me. You know, it's interesting you use the whole fast food analogy. I actually would apply that more to Rise of Skywalker, but that's kind of just my viewpoint. Oh, we're going to get to what I call Rise oh, of Skywalker. Oh, we will. We will. I guess the last thing I want to comment on is kind of like Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the Last Jedi has a lot of uh, side plots and like B threads, and um, there have been multiple Star Wars movies that do that. Uh, Empire does that. Um, Phantom Menace does that. Attack of the Clones does that. I, I mean, most Star Wars movies do that. You know, uh, I I think this is the worst one that handles having those multiple threads. Mm -hmm. Uh, because two of them I find absolutely fucking insane, borderline pointless. And when it comes to the whole subverting of expectations thing that, you know, Sam, you were kind of talking about, that is the kind of shit that I think, yeah, 
uh, it almost exclusively exists for that. You know, mm-hmm. the main thing that I really enjoy about The Last Jedi and the reason why I have rewatched The Last Jedi and I can say I like The Last Jedi is the stuff dealing with Luke, Kylo and Rey. It's all that stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's easily the thing that I enjoy coming back to, because with how they especially explore newer things of the force, I really enjoyed that. The problem is, is that the stuff with like. Uh, Poe trying to have a insurrection because he's not trusting of Admiral Holdo, who, by the way, could have had the whole thing resolved that she just told him what was going on. Mm-hmm. And also how how Finn and Rose and their whole thing on Cantobite, which I'm not gonna lie, I I wanted that to be cut. I did not like that. They what, that is one example where they <laughs> should have had like some kind of I don't know black market hologram exchange with that DJ character because that could have just completely sidestepped the whole Canto Bite bullshit. And mm-hmm. that whole plot thread could have just taken place on Snoke's main ship and it's them sneaking around in Imperial uniforms, kind of like in the same way that Han and Luke did in A New Hope with the Stormtrooper uniforms. I mean... I feel like that could have been way better. You could have had a uh, spy espionage thriller plot thread with them in Snoke's ship. They could have had a little bit of tension on the main resistance ship. And, you know, play up, oh, well, I mean, what, what's going on? It, maybe is, Ad, is Admiral Holdo a spy? Is maybe Rose a spy? Like, there are so many ways that you could have condensed that and still make it interesting. And still kind of get at what you're trying to do. It's a very messy film, and one thing that it doesn't have that The Force Awakens did have is the pacing. Uh, it is all over the place. There's, there's a really easy fix that will make it all make sense. Subvert your expectations. Bingo. Uh, he gets it. Oh, God, no! Did it work, gentlemen? Did this movie subvert your expectations? Well, it, it definitely subverted my expectations, and then my ex, who I saw the movie with, wanted to buy a pork stuffed animal. So as far as merchandising, it did a wonderful job. <laughs> Good. <laughs> they just needed to have uh, Snoke revealed to be a hairless porg. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, that actually, been the no. Real that is real big plot twist. That is the one scene, though, that I will say is done well, where Snoke dies. I like that. Story. Yeah. So that's, that's the big it. thing. I, I know a lot of people had some problems with the whole subverting of expectations, but the thing is, is that not all of them are done in a like completely surface level way just to surprise you. Like there's quite a few times where the subverting of the expectations is done for story reasons and for character reasons. And I feel like the ones done in that plot thread in particular are the ones that have validity and actually work. You know, I I don't think it's just as simple as like, oh, they're just there to be surprises. No, a lot of them, they are there because it is for story reasons and for character development reasons. And frankly, that was one of my favorite moments. Sure, I, I mean, we learn nothing of Snoke. Of course, but to be fair, I never cared about Snoke. He never felt important to me. I know he has the whole thing in The Force Awakens, and you're like, oh, is he the new Emperor and stuff? And, I mean, by Rise of Skywalker standards, uh, technically he is. But 
I don't know. I think it just says something that the one movie in the new trilogy that uh, really is the only one that people are going to be coming back and discussing in deep enough detail is also the one that is the most polarizing and divisive. I mean, that's how it tends to work, isn't it? The second most flawed uh, of the new trilogy, in my opinion, because the last one... Oh, God! <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I did not have fun watching this one at all. Last one doesn't need discussion, Ian. Everyone just has the same consensus. Very pretty, I mean, very meh. It's very pretty and very meh, yeah. I mean... We gotta give it the same due diligence that we did the other two, but I mean, I, I think this one is a, a stinker for different reasons. So this is the last one. The Rise of Skywalker. The final chapter in which the big battle is going to come to an end. And uh, Rey is finding out that she may uh, know who uh, she comes from in terms of a family and... Uh, apparently Palpatine's back. <laughs> let's let's start there. Palpatine's back. Mm-hmm. It's... Okay. I mean, if you're one of those fanboys of the whole extended universe, there was the whole Palpatine clones himself a couple hundred times plot line. Right, but... right. Let's, let's also point that out. The idea of Palpatine coming back as a clone or having a series of clones, it's not... An entirely new idea. There was an entire uh, series of uh, comics that dealt with that. And, uh, I mean, hey, um, even people back then had a problem with Palpatine coming back. There were still plenty of criticisms about just the idea of him somehow surviving or returning. You know, kind of cheapens what happens in Return of the Jedi. But uh, the thing about that one was that it was well written. And when you read the whole thing, it actually had some validity and actually um, had some surprises. I mean, apparently, he somehow convinces Luke to turn to the dark side and have him become his apprentice. I mean, that's certainly something. <laughs> okay, let's call a spade a spade here. Let's be honest. Bring Back Palpatine felt kind of like a last-minute, oh, shit, people didn't like The Last Jedi. We gotta bring back some OGs. That's what it feels mm -hmm. like. It just kind of felt desperate. I wish we could have a good idea of what the original plan was when they were making this trilogy, because I think that would help a lot. We actually know, Sam. We do? Sadly. Yeah, uh, there wasn't one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we have a uh, whole segment where we're going to talk about what could have been done better for the trilogy as a whole, and I think that's going to be one that will definitely... Uh, harp on the most but i mean it it really shows they didn't have a plan in this one because like you were saying sam i mean it's a last minute thing of saying oh hey palpatine was behind it <laughs> yeah yeah guys yeah no, no no her parents are important because they, you know they're related to palpatine oh yeah, yeah yeah she's a nobody but she's also a palpatine also real dumb question that comes to mind uh -huh. What is with it in fantasy of the Dark Lord trying to build his throne in the most ominous place he could find? Like he's just off on some random perpetual storm rock planet, just chilling by himself on a throne that's like off-centered and in a cave, and he's just vibing there. You know what? When you're that evil, why not? <laughs> 
he wants to be vibin'. He wants to be electrocutin' and chillin'. But, like, he clearly needs machines to stay alive. Why isn't he somewhere where there's, you know, machines? He's just in some cave. Look, you could either get an IV drip or you could be real and just get the drip. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Exactly. And, hey, I can at least say one thing. His black and red robes do kind of look pretty dope. <laughs> like we said, the visuals of this movie are great. And he has his solid red Imperial Guard just vibing with him. So, like, the, the visual effects, right? They, they look good, but I'm not going to lie. I actually thought this was the least visually appealing one. To me, anyway. And, and, and again, some of that comes down to uh, color palette. Uh, I don't like how the movie looks. Mm. at all I, I i didn't like how green tinted or like just very biased towards green it was it just it looked very jarring especially in comparison to the uh the other two films i'm not sure if this was like a creative decision uh ahead of time maybe it wasn't because uh, if we know one thing they didn't plan this out but each movie just looks different, and I feel, especially like what we did, watching them back-to-back, -back, it looks jarring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what it is? Yeah. If you've ever seen a lot of Wild West films, for some reason, the moment they step over the border into Mexico, everything just turns sepia. It's like mm -hmm. the whole movie just turned like blue-green or like teal as soon as they get to yeah. this third film. Which is really weird because The Force Awakens especially didn't do that. And then The Last Jedi comes around and it's a lot more muted and it has like this weird yellowish lime green kind of tint to it. And then you get back to The Rise of Skywalker where it looks like they tried to look like The Force Awakens but they once again threw like a weird green tint and it just... I don't know. I, I didn't like the look of it and there were times where it looked like Justice League and... Well, the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League, where they literally just cranked the saturation up mm -hmm. <laughs> to make uh, hey, Batman that's... look like a freaking radioactive gummy bear. Fear the gummy. Fear the gummy. That's what you gotta do. Tell me, do you Actually, chew? no, in hindsight, I kind of see why it is, the color it is. Uh-huh. It's, it's J.J. Abrams. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, J.J. did The Force Awakens and it didn't look like that, so is he just, like, bored and he just wanted to do whatever for the third one? I, think I don't a, know. I think a lot of people were bored. <laughs> yes, Sam. I just imagine him, like, editing the movie, reaching for the color knob, and then spraying his hand away for the first movie. But then for the mm -hmm. second two, he, like, slowly turns it up, and they didn't notice, and the next one, he just cranks it to max. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... The other thing is that The Rise of Skywalker just felt very predictable. That's the other thing. The only surprise that it got out of me was when Chewie, quote-unquote, died. Yeah. But, like, that didn't work all that well because, like, five minutes later, it's revealed that he was on a different ship. So it's just like, oh, well, thanks for cheapening that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a twist, Ian. What a twist. Subversion, yes. But, I mean, that's kind of the problem is, like, this the setup was muddled with the second movie you know 
Oh, well, the, the thing was, was with The Last Jedi, the way it ends, it doesn't leave any setup. It, like, almost feels like an end to the trilogy, which is why I was saying it's such a weird middle chapter. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. this one comes along, it's just like, oh, hey, Palpatine's back. <laughs> this is happening now. What? What? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about the pacing of this one? Because I was getting really annoyed with it. Well, it's just trying to, you know... It's trying to do a lot at once, and it really shows. And so it's 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 like the rest of the trilogy. It's all over the place. It's wibbly-wobbly. It's halfway. It so it, it doesn't flow as well as the first movie. And that's part of the... The Rise of Skywalker is nearly two and a half hours long, and yet it doesn't feel its length at all. And for once, as opposed to something like, say, Infinity War or Endgame... I actually think it's for the worse, because it never takes its time, and it could have, it really could have, but nah, it's just trying to sprint. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also like how uh, one big thing I liked about The Last Jedi was the whole reason, I felt anyway, Kylo uh, rejected Snoke and killed him was because he had already given so much to being for the dark side, such as killing his dad, and yet Snoke was still saying that he's inferior and not good enough, and so now he was getting angry that maybe the dark side isn't even what I really want. Hence why, at the end, he's like, hey, Ray, let's try being something bigger than the Jedi and the Sith. Let's be Actually, something different that's completely different from either of those. And then... Palpatine comes along, says, Hey, I can give you some Star Destroyers and a really cool-looking capital ship. And suddenly, he's like, Okay, yeah, I'm Sith now. <laughs> Wait, so what you're telling me is that the whole plot of this movie is an independent underground rapper who accidentally goes mainstream. and Yes. Yes. After being offered a record <laughs> deal. Yes. <laughs> so basically, they they're, they're trying to recreate Get your own merchandise, kid. They, they were trying to recreate Interstellar five 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 five, but you know Star Wars. Yes, minus uh. the music, because that's the other thing. I really liked the music in the other two movies, but I didn't even notice it in this one. I I don't know what it is. It it was just noise. It it, it felt like a MCU generic soundtrack kind of thing. I I just. Never noticed it, except for the times that they just reused older themes. It was so sad, especially because this was supposed to be um, uh, John Williams, the, uh, the the composer's like uh, retirement soundtrack, essentially. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh god, that's so sad. <laughs> that's brutal. Yeah. Well, I, I think part of the reason why also the plot feels so spastic is because they're trying to, uh, in my opinion, in a very petty way, uh, correct and undo what The Last Jedi was saying was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... it's They were trying to steer away from that. Yeah, JJ's like, no, that's not what Star Wars is. This is what Star Wars is. And, and you just sit there and go, okay, man... Maybe you guys should have had a conversation about uh, what what Star Wars is before you start making Star Wars movies. Ian, listen, I don't need to talk to any of the other producers. 
I don't need to talk to producers before I make the movie. I just present the full script and go, we're filming. We uh, we already have this filmed. Uh, we're going to have um, more talks of trade embargoes and uh, Senate delegations for about 20 minutes of the movie. Low-key would love a political drama centered on Star Wars with virtually no actual fighting. Low-key would See, love that. we got that with the prequels, but it was boring, and they never gave you a reason to care about the political talk because well, they're no, no, just no, no, no. talking like robots. Mm -hmm. Yes, but the problem with the prequels, Ian, is that it's just... Yeah, it's weird. Qui-Gon Jinn wants to get groomed. I'm not going to talk about the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Is Qui-Gon doing the grooming or is Padme? Because they both Padme, are pretty, he uh... lets her. <laughs> and then Jar Jar is also in total agreement because he says like, oh, hey, the, uh, the, 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 the queen's maid? Pretty hot. <laughs> like, it's like so it. weird. Very much so. You know, that's, I mean, George that's had some what it really is. weird stuff. Okay, that, that's what it is. Star Wars, to me, classical Star Wars, is just, okay, all right, fantasy, great visuals. The hell is this romance? What are you trying to put on your audience, my guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so weird. I feel like so when Attack weird. of the Clones was filmed, George just kind of forgot about the age difference. Yeah... Because, like, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, they're roughly the same age, but, like, in-universe, Anakin is still, like, what, a good seven or eight years younger than Padme? Small details. Small details. Oh, of course. Um, let me double-check. How old is he in these movies? Do, I remember do, do, reading do, do. some really Okay, first one, excuse. he is nine years old. Oh, God. And then in the second one, he be... Where is it? It's not telling me here. 17, Where is it 18, going? I think. I think so. I think he's 17. I'll just look up how old is Padme. Uh, too old. Here we go. Someone else found... Someone else did the math for me. 14. Five-year difference, oh. but it's... The problem is that he's still a kid. Yes. Yeah. And if she is no longer a minor... He is. <laughs> so it's still a adult grooming a minor, regardless of like, oh, it's just five years. Yeah, I mean, if he was at least 20, it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, but anyway. Right, right. Back. Anyways, yes, yeah, anyways. Yes, that is, of course, a different discussion for a different trilogy. We <laughs> yes. are still trying to wrap up this one. Okay, so um, to focus it up, do yes. you think they did a good job of course correcting? And do you think that all the setup that we've been seeing so far had a good payoff? No. All right. Elaborate. I, uh, I, I don't. Uh, that shouldn't come as much of a surprise, though. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, what about you, Sam? I, I mean, does some of it feel like it? Fuck no. <laughs> okay. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> okay. I, I just wanted to know because I would have been surprised if you, like, found at least something, okay. you know? Okay. I, there, there is something. Honestly, okay. I did like Kyle Ren's redemption arc. Was it great? Was it amazing? No, but it was good, and it makes sense. And it kind of, well, it is a mirror of Vader. Uh-huh. But, hey, it was character development, and it was progression, and I, I did like that. It, it, like I said, I've said this on the podcast before, if the character's different in a reasonable way compared to where he started, that's a good thing to me. And I, I, I like Kylo Ren's little redemption arc. 
Yeah. yeah. But I don't think this movie did a good job course correcting. I want to be honest. If no. if the previous movie, if The Last Jedi is fast food to me, this is this is a very, very specific feeling, right? Is this like gas station food? Yeah. Sushi. This is where you get off of work. You were out late. You had the clothes at work. And you're starving. And nothing is open because, you know, really nothing's going to open anymore once you hit like 11 p.m. And there is oh, nowhere not. you can go except for the gas station by your house. And you check your pantry before you go because you just don't want to eat at a gas station. And it turns out there's nothing in your fridge. So you go there anyway. You get the food going and knowing you're di- going to be disappointed. And you're still disappointed. Yeah. I remember trying to give Rise of Skywalker the benefit of the doubt. Because I was getting a little tired of how a lot of people were already saying it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Anything that Disney puts out that Star Wars is going to be bad. Because if there's anything to go by... Mandalorian came out and said, yes, they can put out something good. Yeah. It just depends on who's making it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, Ian, where it, where it stings even more for me is I didn't see Rise of Skywalker in theaters. Mm-hmm. I saw Force Awakens in theaters. I saw Last Jedi in theaters. And I did not see Rise. And I did not see Rise until last week. And it was exactly what i thought it was gonna be yeah gas station food mm-hmm. it feels like joss whedon justice league of star wars it's just way too quickly paced it doesn't take any time to develop any of the stuff it's trying to uh either improve on or introduce uh the handling of a lot of characters including finn which granted by this point had already been misused. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing in this one. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. At least anything serviceable or good, you know? I think the biggest blunder really was Finn as a whole. Yeah. It was handled so well in The Force Awakens, and then they just never took it further past that. If anything, they, they, they tried resetting his arc in The Last Jedi, which was another thing that I just did not like. Yeah... Yeah, but I guess that does bring us to the next part of the discussion, and I think the one that will have the most lucrative of uh, thoughts. But uh, where do we think things could have gone better, not just in terms of movie by movie, but just as a whole? Obviously, if we had to start anywhere, are we pretty much in agreement that better planning, (laughs) honestly? Like, are we on that page? I feel like most people are on that page. I think so. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, what we could do better, like what I think would have been better, if, first of all, having a fucking plan for a trilogy. Good God. Yes. And honestly, I would have preferred it if they stuck more with Finn than Ray. Yeah. Personally. Because I, 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 in general, I think Faye, uh, Faye, yeah, Finn had more going for his character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, he's betraying yeah. the Empire. He's got, you know, he's got to go through that and deal with that. And they did really nothing with it. You know? I honestly, know. in the first movie, thought that Rey was going to be the Han Solo equivalent. And I think that probably would have been better. 
Honestly, if it went with that. Because she had the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's just... Honestly. Uh, like, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's odd, right? Because obviously it is revealed later in The Force Awakens that, oh, Rey is going to be the new Jedi protagonist character. But I'm going to be real with you. I actually got more excited when Finn was holding Luke's lightsaber mm -hmm. yeah. than when Rey was. Yeah. I wanted to see him use that way more. Yeah. And I was bummed out that later on he just didn't. Yeah. He just adioses away. Yeah. Peace. I really wanted a rematch with him and Kylo. I really did. Because then we could have had a potential real lightsaber duel where one of the duelists well for one thing is human because i know general grievous wasn't human and he also wasn't force sensitive but you know get someone who isn't force sensitive or a jedi or a sith potentially you know beating up a sith or something like that yeah. you know that would have been neat that would have shown that hey you don't have to be a jedi to stop the big bad guy mm -hmm. i mean that's the whole thing okay this is the fix that I have for, for this whole series, for this specific trilogy. The first movie's message was that it doesn't matter who you were born as. You can be a yes. better person. You can yes. be the person that you want to be. You and are then, as you are accepting this message and changing your better ways, J.J. Abrams walks into your house shakes your hand, asks you if you enjoyed his movie, spits in your cereal, and tells you that you're going to be stuck as who you were born as, and walks off. <laughs> Shit. Uh. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for as much as people give shit for The Last Jedi, it's neat how, and I appreciate that some people have kind of agreed with something that I really liked, which was that message that you don't have to be a Jedi born from a powerful bloodline of previous Force users to be able to stop the big bad. You, you, you could just be some girl or some guy from a desert planet that just happens to be Force-sensitive or develop Force-sensitivity. You know, it, it's shit like that that I really like. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, here's my question with the whole planning thing. Who do you actually think is to blame for all of it? Because I find that people have had varying different ideas of who to point the finger at. Because the, the big three people, obviously, right, are the crew at Lucasfilm, J.J. and Ryan Johnson. And sometimes people really, really, really like to treat Ryan Johnson as the Antichrist. As, like, some guy that came along and said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, like, give a big old middle finger to The Last Jedi and, and Star Wars as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem really comes down to just too many cooks. Mm -hmm. Because Last Jedi has one person credited for the story and screenwriter. That is just Ryan Johnson. All right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nice and simple. Force Awakens has J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Kasdan, and Michael Arden. You have three people. You get some mishmashes that happen as revisions happen. That's something that you know you can correct as the story goes on. This is the start. Mm -hmm. You can improve. Mm -hmm. Then Rise of Skywalker. Oh boy, um, we get 
J.J. Abrams, Chris Tenero, Colin Trevorrow, and Derek Canoli. You have four people who produced the story, and two of which are credited as the screenwriters. Now, if I remember correctly, uh, you said Chris Terrio was one of the writers uh, listed yes. on there, right? Yep. Chris Terrio, I honestly don't think should have been around the script. You want to know why? <laughs> why is that? Because Chris Terrio is the same mad lad that was responsible for writing Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Joss Whedon's Justice League revisions. Good God. That makes... Okay, that explains the color. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yes. Yes. Ian, you've explained to me the weird color. That yes. now it makes sense to me. Okay, that that that's why I was having all the Justice League comparisons because it feels like someone wrote this movie in the same manner as Justice League. That 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 is exactly it. And I'm sitting here. I'm going, why, why Chris Terrio? Why him? You could have literally gone with anyone else anyone and it's at the point where now i'm just like okay no it makes total sense now it comes down to the people that they hire for these movies they are just grabbing some guy right which granted i mean some guy wrote you know scripts for really big movies like batman versus superman and that cut of justice league maybe he also wrote some of the actual snyder cut i'd have to double check but i mean fuck <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why didn't uh, Lawrence Kasdan come back and write that? I mean, he helped out with The Force Awakens. Uh, He did Force Awakens and not the other ones. No, he didn't. He, he didn't do any of them after that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm looking at some of these other ones too, right? And apparently, yeah. I liked Rogue One. And Rogue One had two people who made the story and two other people who did the, who were the screenwriters for it and a third a fifth unrelated person who was the director hmm. mm -hmm. i don't know how you managed to have five people work on a project all doing different tasks and have it turn out well but then the one where they're all communicating with each other across those tasks it falls apart yeah it didn't have a kevin feige like marvel did uh, no. Well, the big thing is that some people were kind of putting the blame on Ryan because, like, he didn't take a lot of what was being set up in The Force Awakens and, like, continue it where people thought they were going to go. But something I'd like to just remind everybody is that Lucasfilm literally just approached Ryan Johnson said, hey, we would like for you to do the second movie which keep in mind originally jj was supposed to do all three before he he came to lucasfilm and said hey listen I, i'm under a lot of pressure with the force awakens i i don't think i can do the other movies can, can you maybe try finding other directors that would be interested um which isn't a new thing the original trilogy was not always done by george lucas he only did the first one the other two were done by irvin kirshner and Richard Marquand, uh, respectively. Um, so having different directors for each one, that's not a new thing. Uh, the problem was, was that Lucasfilm, they, they went to Ryan, right? And they said, we want you to make the next Star Wars movie. And he's like, okay, um, 
what do you want me to do with it, given that it's it's a franchise? And they literally just said, make a movie. That That's it. And he's sitting there going, well, wait, do, like, is there any, like, guideline? Is there any, like, roadmap or, or something? And while he's contradicted himself multiple times, uh, J.J. has said, oh, yeah, there was no plan. I, I never had, like, a blueprint. I only had, like, the beginning in mind and stuff like that. And he contradicts himself constantly, going back and forth to the point where I think he's just kind of full of it. Mm -hmm. But quite literally, they just said, Ryan, make a movie. You have full freedom. And Ryan was like, well, shit, I can make a Star Wars movie. Okay, I, I guess I'll just do whatever if you don't give me anything. And so essentially, like, I just can't help but feel that Ryan is just getting blamed for making a movie essentially, a movie that he just wanted to make his own and stuff. And granted, I know that there's a whole thing of, like, paying attention to previous lore and stuff like that, but I honestly think he did just fine with that, and I know there's been a lot of arguments saying otherwise. Ian, I just, just don't think any of that... Wait, what's that? You, you had mentioned that The Last Jedi works for you as a standalone, right? Yes. The whole movie feels like if you just took all of the other Star Wars movies and just crammed parts into one movie. That's why. He just made his own Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. He just took all the parts he likes of Star Wars and put them in one movie. Right, and, and what I'm getting at is that that comes from the fact that Lucasfilm just said, oh yeah, make a movie. And that's all that he was given. You could say that by, I guess, etiquette, or just being reasonable with what came before, he could have, you know, taken those things that introduced in Force Awakens and continue that. But, I mean, he was just told to make a movie, and so he made a Star Wars movie. And didn't really have anything to go off of in terms of how it should end or even begin, for that matter. Uh, he actually, no, he really only had how it begins. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's these characters meet, and there's just nothing after that on the script. Yeah, so so what I'm getting at is that he just literally sat there and said, okay, I'll make a movie. <laughs> and not only that, but it seemed like what he was doing was favorable to Lucasfilm, because then there was that whole announcement that he was going to make a whole trilogy later on, which I have no clue if that's still going to be the case, but... <laughs> I mean, they clearly liked what he was doing, so he was also not getting any pushback from the stuff that he was setting up, or wrapping up, per se. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back at the trilogy, obviously it's mostly negative. What do you guys think they should do for a future one? Like, if they, you know, if, if they ever do, like, a, a big movie again? Well, I'm thinking if they want to get back into doing the movies, right? Because I actually kind of thought that the whole idea of doing one-off, standalone, like, Star Wars anthology films like Rogue One and Solo, I, I didn't think that was a bad idea, you know? And I am kind of bummed that they got rid of that. Mm -hmm. And it looks like now they're just mainly focusing on streaming service shows, but... If they ever do another trilogy, for one thing, they, they need someone that fills the role of what George Lucas did for the other movies. Because even with the prequel trilogy, at least you can say that it's what George wanted to do from beginning and end. Even though I know a lot of people say that um, the prequels feel more consistent. And while, yes, they are consistently inconsistent, 
Um, I still stand by the fact that really you don't have to watch Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. You can just literally pick up everything that Revenge of the Sith puts down and just watch that. Because I'm not going to lie, I, I still kind of find Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones pointless because what actually happens by the end, but, but aside Ian, from then, a couple people die and... Then, then you'll miss Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no, you miss Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no, what the, ah, oh, the humanity. You can't miss Jar Jar Binks. He's essential. He has, oh, clearly. actually, weirdly enough, he has some of the most merchandise for the uh, prequel trilogy. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Mean power is strong. He actually had a bunch of candies as well that were Jar Jar Binks themed. There was a really fucking nightmarish one where it was like a a um a a popsicle cap where uh, if you open his mouth you then eat the popsicle and the popsicle is supposed to it, intended to be his tongue sticking out. Oh no! This... So you essentially have to give uh, Jar Jar a Frenchie. Mm -hmm. Ian, you don't understand. Most of Jar Jar candies were his tongue. There was one just... that was like a fruit roll-up. Mm, no, not a fruit roll-up! No! Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, a popsicle or like a lollipop. Because the lollipop, you have to like give that quite a few licks in order to actually get that down. Where a popsicle, you could just take a bite and then bam, you're done. Hmm. Well, they maybe still have... the same thing with lollipops. I don't know. We're getting off track. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I would like from a newer trilogy, uh, for one thing, a more consistent one. Uh, like I was saying, George at least had an idea, not only where the prequel trilogy should go, what he wanted to do with it, but also the original trilogy. Even if he didn't direct Empire and Jedi, he still was like, hey, this is where it needs to end, where things need to go and whatnot. And he made sure it got there. And what I appreciate now is that there are people at Lucasfilm who do that for the shows. Um, granted, some of the shows, they're not the most consistent. They, I wouldn't say, are as good as Mandalorian. Um, but, I mean, with Mandalorian, I, I mean, it feels like there's a vision behind it. There is a beginning and an end that it gets to, you know? I feel like if those same people are involved with a trilogy, I think that's at least a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the idea, if it still goes through, of course, of Ryan Johnson helming that trilogy? I'm going to be honest. I would be genuinely curious to see what he would make if he's given a full trilogy to actually set stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, you know, people may not like him, but he hasn't made only bad movies. Mm -hmm. No, he's actually made some interesting ones. He made Brick, he made Looper, and then after The Last Jedi, he made Knives Out, which I've seen that multiple times, and I still find it interesting. Does it have the same problems as Last Jedi? No, because I don't think there's as much that he has to juggle. Um, so, I mean, he can make good movies. I just think The Last Jedi was one where it was so big and ambitious that he maybe needed to be reeled back a bit. He had the problem that George did with the prequels. There were just certain things where he just was, like, going absolutely bonkers with, and no one was there to, like, 
bring that back because I just gave him complete control. Which I'm not saying the whole complete freedom of, you know, doing the movie uh, free of, like, having hands being put in like most studios do, which sometimes can lead to some absolutely horrific productions that just have so much taken out. I mean, the whole incident with Justice League and the Snyder Cut is a prime example of that. But could have been brought back a little bit. I'm willing, I'm always willing to give people another chance, but... I think so. I, I, I really think Ryan just maybe needs one that's a little more disconnected, you know? Which they have said, unless they go back on their word... That everything involving the Skywalkers and whatnot is over. Allegedly. <laughs> I hope. We'll, we'll see it when it happens, but... but I, I mean, for a new trilogy, I would like new characters and new explorations of the universe. That's that's the big thing I would like. I think they're on the right. Oh, and more, uh, more, more pod racing, too. Of course. I want pod racing back. Oh, I need a full <laughs> pod racing film, Ian. Hmm. I mean, I was sitting there, and I'm like, you know, if they didn't get rid of the whole anthology film idea, I would have liked a pod racing movie. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying this. I'm actually unironically down for a full-length, like, at least two-hour-long pod racing movie. Nah, where, nah, no thanks. I don't know. It's like a... <laughs> nah, nah, no thanks. I got red line. I'll stick with that. Ah, you know, that's that's a close second. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or replacement. I, I think really. I mean, they're on the right track with shows like The Mandalorian and all that. But I think neat going forward, they just need fucking consistency. They do. I think the other thing is, um, just just actually get talented people to work on something <laughs> as big as Star Wars. Because I mean, uh, just get better people. <laughs> people dumbasses. I agree. Yeah, with you. I, I well, I mean, I, I harped on Chris Terrio, but the other thing is like some of the shows have the same thing. Like they have people writing for it, but uh, or or directing it, and and I just sit there and I go, why does this feel so I don't know lazy or just thrown together? I, I'm I'm like trying to understand. Like this is Star Wars. This is something very big, and stuff like that. Well, like, Ian, it's a very easy Why don't answer. you just take the time to actually make this polished instead of just slapping shit together? Because it just... I'm not going to lie. It sometimes feels a little just, oh yeah, you know, it's it's Star Wars. So just put it together, I guess. Ian, it's, that's the answer there. That's why they're not putting much effort into it, because they don't need to. You know, it's just a small amount of money in, big amount of money out. That's business. I guess. Anyways, I hope to see uh, in that in the dream Star Wars podcast rate ah podcast <laughs> in the pod racing movie of my dreams. I want Vin Diesel. Oh God, <laughs> no! It's about the four. It's it's fast. It's, it's fast X. Family. You know they started filming Fast X. Um, God damn it! Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Are they going to go further into the galaxy? Are they going to do the Death Star run at the end of the movie? God, I hope so. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, they, they have to. They they did go into space, but it was they in did. orbit of Earth. Now they have to go further than that. They have to go to the moon. They have to go to the sun. They have to go to Saturn. 
you know what I can do without this. You know what's stronger than this targeting system? I, I know Ian? what you're about to say, and I hate it. Family. <laughs> so he drops the torpedo. <laughs> Shit. Uh, no. No. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, uh, in some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of uh, Last Jedi, Carrie Fisher said it's about family. Okay. Oh yes! <laughs> Look, yes, so I mean, now. maybe Vin Diesel walked onto the set that can day. Can we stop talking about? Like, hey, 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 listen, listen. This, this is why things are going so topsy turvy. You got to make it about family. Can you, can we please stop talking about better products here and <laughs> get on to? The... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I, I mean, like. <laughs> hey, say what you will about the Fast and Furious, but they've been consistent consistently getting They're crazier very consistent okay hold on actually have they though because the beginning like four movies were about Ian? illegal street racing and like drug trafficking and uh truck hijacking and then all of a sudden the fifth one comes around and it's about being oceans 11 but with cars would you actually call that consistent yes consistently ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> okay you got me there you got me there but i mean speaking of the future what's next for the podcast well if i'm not mistaken uh the next person in the rotation if i'm not wrong is that you sam it is oh boy oh. yeah that's uh that's you sammy boy okay what, uh, what do you got going down so i, I originally had a different plan for a movie but i've been reading this little book series you might have heard of it it begins with a single line the sorcerer uh ran i think it was uh, i'm fucking up already the sorcerer ran across the desert and the gunslinger followed i'm talking about stephen king's big series the dark tower yes i'm oh boy i'm on book four right now but i i i remember the movie coming out for it i don't remember anything about the movie except it has idris elba as the gunslinger, Roland DeShane. So now I have to see it, and I gotta see if they fucked it up. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Idris I'm Elba excited. in that movie, I remember. It's it's his second best role, next to Knuckles. Does, he does Knuckles too well. <laughs> okay. But I, oh. hey, I guess, we'll, I guess this, uh, we'll find out next time. And uh, remember, this has been our insightful moment, but uh, there's other world than these. Till then, au revoir. Indeed. Sayonara, everybody. And remember, the Force is with you. Always. <laughs> Farewell. Unless you're Finn, then you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, Adios. unless you're just a Sith nobody Lord. and not a Palpatine. Sorry, you uh, you get fucked. Get out of <laughs> here. That's how it works. Give up. Loser. Hope. Trash. All right. Bye. Farewell. Bye-bye. <laughs>